0: And the things that we say today, I don't think are going to surprise you, because they're not really new. Maybe some of the verbiage is different, but really, the mission that we have been on for 100 years, 106 years, is continues to go forward in a very same way in different, with different people, different things. So I do want to kind of share with you today that we are driven now by what we call outcomes. And you see, outcomes are just merely the evidence that the mission is being accomplished. It's kind of how we track that we are doing what God has called us to be doing. And so we have five outcomes here, and I want to share those with you briefly this morning. Again, the first outcome is this. Outcome number one is individuals on the whitewater pathway continually grow in two areas, personal discipleship and missional impact. Now again, if we were to unpack that which we do in our document and is fully available to anybody who wants it, I'm happy to share it with you. Ie, for example, they come to know Jesus as the Savior. They come to have a relationship with him, they're baptised baptized by immersion, etc., etc. etc. They get into then engaging in personal devotion, whether that's prayer, through Bible study, through all the habits and practices that Jesus showed us and exemplified for us when he lived on this earth. And then, not only is it personal discipleship and growth, but it's also about missional impact. And that's probably less of what we've heard about, at least in those terms. But really, it's about the people that you surround yourselves with, whether it's at work, whether it's your social life, whether it's in your neighborhood, maybe it's a network of people you do a hobby with or a thing with. But what we want you to do is to be able to have a missional impact, to have goals, to how you can share and show Jesus with those people every day of your lives. And another way we talk about it is just be a positive impact to those people in your sphere. Because those people I'll never know, I'll never hang out with. And if you golf, you don't want me to golf with them because I'm terrible. Whatever your thing is, it's what God's called you to do. It's a space he's given you to live on mission with him. And in so doing, you're joining us together as a body of going about growing in our personal discipleship and our missional impact. That's outcome number one. Outcome number two says this. The whitewater pathway feeds a growing network. Perhaps you've heard us talk about the hope network, the network of influence that forms a community of impact across greater Cincinnati and the region. So we're helping to feed a growing network of influence. That's our desire of influence that impacts the entire region. That's the outcome. That's the vision. That's the desire that we have in our hearts. And we're going to talk more about that in a few minutes when I have some other people come and join us here as we talk more about the network. Outcome number three says some people. First outcome was all people. This outcome is some people on the whitewater pathway will lead or they'll launch an initiative and support that either supports the growth of others, which is the first outcome, or actually will help with the maintenance of the growth of the network, which was just the second outcome we just said. So some people have it in them that they are going to do more, that God has gifted them, that God has provided for them, that God is calling them to do more to go above and beyond, to launch or to start something that's different, to lead something that's already happening. And so for those people, it very well can look like being able to assist in training and the resourcing of other disciple makers. Again, as we continue through our storyteller series that we began this year, and we surrender as we train people. We're going to continue to do that. We're going to hear more about that in a few minutes as well. But they'll also come along and able to lead programs that support us and or oversee some hubs of activity, of missional activity, where there are several different groups and and, um, micro expressions of spiritual communities that are gathering together in different geographical areas. And they're able to lead those and help formulate those and structure them, support them and coach them. So many ways in which people will be able to launch new programs then also that help support missional activities. And again, when we say that, it's really about you. It's really about every one of us individually and what God is putting on our hearts. Because this is a time not about coming in here and sitting and listening, but it's a time about going, seeking, and being sent of God through the power of his spirit along in partnership with us who want to support you who want to help you find exactly what God has for you because that's the best place you can ever be in your life is exactly where God desires you to be his will for your life. It's not always easy to find it or get there, but that's why we're here to support each other to find that. So that's outcome number three. Outcome number four says this, whitewater crossing Christian church will continually expand its reach by maintaining multiple points of entry into the organization as well as multiple points of engagement with the world outside. Again, it probably doesn't uh, seem a whole lot different than what we've done, but that's what we'll keep on doing. So actually, there'll be multiple ways to be engaged in the organization, through Sunday morning uh, services, through mid-sized group activity, through different small group fellowships, through friendship relationships, through online networks, on and on, the points of entry into the organization will remain continually growing and getting larger. But in the same way, we'll continue to allow those points of engagement to grow in the world. And you know how that's going to happen? That's going to happen through every single one of us who go about outcome one, two, and three, who are called on mission to our neighborhoods, to our networks, to our people, the people around us each and every day. And we're going to be able to expand those entry points. We will be... The church, if you will, will be the gospel, Jesus Christ living in and through us in our daily lives and our practices and our rhythms to the people that are right around us. And so we're going to continue to expand the entry points within the organization and also in the world. And then really, uh, the last outcome, like in any outcome-based system, if you're in education, these are very popular, very regular form, uh, of uh, achieving goals is through outcomes. And in any outcome-based system, the last outcome always goes to support the other four, or in our case, the other four, the ones above it. So basically, outcome number five says this, that Whitewater Crossing Christian Church practices sustainable stewardship of human, financial, and facility resources to accomplish outcomes one through four of the above. So in order to obtain these outcomes, which again are the evidence of the mission that we've been called to, bring help and hope in Jesus' name, these are the evidence that that's being accomplished in and through each one of us. And so these are the, the outcomes that we are sticking to, these outcomes that we're following, and we wanted you to be aware of those. And so now what we've done is we've taken those outcomes and we've structured, restructured ourselves as a staff, as a church, To accomplish those outcomes. And so, perhaps again, you've heard some of these systems that we have, but it's actually led by our vision system. And basically, our vision system is everything which has been created uh, and which we work together with the elders. They own the vision and direction of this church because, by God, they're responsible for this church in many ways. And so, they lead the vision. And then we have two systems called culture. And if you know anything about culture, it's very important to any organization. A healthy culture is the only way it will ever sustain and grow and become healthier. And then we have stewardship, which again is about sustainability. And those two undergird everything else that we accomplish here and will accomplish for God's kingdom from here and beyond. So those two systems are there. And then actually you've heard disciple making which is a system which is really the crux of all else stands upon. It is the main factor, the formation of who we are. Go and make disciples, Jesus said. And we see that through three lenses or three systems, if you would. We see that through the network. We see that through the weekend or worship. And we see it through the next gen. And so those are the systems that we have created in order to accomplish the outcomes which are evidence of the vision that God has put on our hearts here at Whitewater. And so at this point I'd love to just ask our system leaders if they would just come forward, they're going to join me up on here stage. For the next few minutes we're just going to share a little bit about each system and how they are accomplishing our outcomes and also how you can be a part of those systems. And let me just say this, as they come, I want you to be aware that as each one is introduced, uh, their, their name will be up on the screen as well as their email. If there is someone that you particularly want to connect with or ask questions to, please feel free just to uh, email them. We'll also have time after the service. I know some of you were trying to figure out all the beautiful uh, color tapes on the floors as you came in. Uh, That's some wayfinding to help us kind of go. If we have questions for any of these system leaders, uh, you'll be able to find them very easily. Any of the exits out of the doors, you'll just follow those tape. Uh, to those positions and they will be there with their teams to help answer any questions to invite you in uh, to whatever however you may want to join alongside of us on the mission that God's given us so with that I'll quit talking and I'll send it down
1: beautiful Uh, my name is Russ I get the
0: pleasure Of leading and disciple
1: making here. Uh, And what that is, uh, let me explain it with a metaphor. This image, we'll bring up a a picture here of uh, these two wonderful people. Uh, This is Russell and Wildus Howard, uh, my grandparents. This is where I get my name from him. Nobody in the family has named a daughter Wildus, I don't know why. Uh, but they had three kids. Uh, My dad, Chuck, was the youngest of those three. Uh, Out of those three kids, uh, there were 10 grandkids. I'm the second to the youngest. Out of us grandkids, there's 30-plus great-grands. They got married young, lived long. Uh, They saw great-greats. Now it's great-great-greats, and uh, you can get the idea, right? From those two people, there are three to 10 to 30. So what is it we're doing in disciple-making here? It's this. You see, we don't Uh, enter into life with Jesus fully formed, right? Uh, There is a, uh, Peter says, you got to grow up in your salvation. In fact, he says, like babies crave milk, crave pure spiritual milk so you grow up. What are we growing up to become, right? Jesus invites us into life with him and says, hey, I will train you. Uh, What he says is, follow me and I will make you fishers of men, Uh, What he's saying is, I will train you to be like me and do what I do. Uh, And as we grow in that, uh, our goal is to become the kind of people that not only can do that, but can help others do the same. Or grow, what do we grow into? We grow into being spiritual parents who raise their children in such a way that they can raise their next generation and the next. And we become Russell and Wildes, right, spiritual parents. Grandparents. So this is what disciple making is doing here. Our, our role is to help train, send, and support all of us. Uh, not just those on the stage, not just some of us, but all of us in the context of our lives. We gather to scatter, right? Uh, and in the context of our lives, here with one another and beyond, uh, to help raise up, so raise up other followers of Jesus to the point that they can raise up the next and the next. Uh, And so our prayer is that we are, there are thousands of us, this whole room and beyond, that if each one of us is a Russell or a Wildus, I don't mean literally, nobody needs that name, Uh, but if you are a Russell, you're a Wildus, imagine in this room even that there are three, and from your three there will be ten, and from your ten there will be thirty, from that thirty on and on, and as that happens over the course of all of us, we start to see not just change in our individual lives, but changes in families, in neighborhoods, communities, communities, the city, and beyond. That's what we're doing in disciple making
2: here. Hi, uh, my name is Wildis. Uh, just kidding. Yeah, yeah. From now on, I want to be go. I want to go by Wildis. Uh no, my name is Reed, and I help uh, lead uh, with our team in the next gen. Uh, so that's Harbor Town, youth, and young adults. Uh, and there's a ton of overlap, actually, between us uh, and how we go about things, do things, uh, look at things. But uh, really, as our charge, I guess, um, it's, just, it's demographic. So our demographic is just different. So uh, trends live in our space which as you all know is super exciting, Uh, living from trend to trend. Uh, And uh, we actually just view our space uh, and our students as um, the actual pastors to go reach people. So uh, we do, we trust them with everything. Uh, We talk about ministry, like we would talk about ministry with adults. Uh, And um, like I would just say, Uh, like today starts Tribes. So uh, Tribes for Us, which is great. Yeah, yeah, calm it down. Uh, Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, okay, do what you want. So Tribes for Us is a a perfect example of the things that we do. Uh, I would say we're just like Russ, but we're actually a little trickier. And so when we look around and we do things, um, we're trying to find ways to meet needs for students, for uh, kids that uh, they may not even know that we're trying to do this, well, that we're trying to accomplish this. Uh, and our underlying thing all the time is we're trying to create moments and spaces of belonging for our students. When, when the smartphone was created, uh, all of us that were lucky enough to live before that got to exca- escape life. They get to go home and escape what the smartphone now doesn't allow you to. If you're being bullied in school, you're being bullied at home. You can't avoid it. It's just 24-7 access all the time. Uh, And so for us, seeing that that is obviously a a part of our lifestyle that we can't go back on, uh, how do we create moments and spaces of belonging? So when I say tribes is a perfect example, um, tribes is a moment that now we can create in the summer for two hours every single Sunday. That's just a moment of belonging. Uh, So none of these students right here would say that this is a shock to them that I'm about to say this, but tribes is actually a, a complete facade for us. It's a complete face value, it's it's to come and have fun and connect, but it's to belong. We want them to feel connected to the people of God. And so when we get into that space, all we wanna do is say, how can we create, um, for you guys who are lucky enough to be here for a long time and bring your kids through Harbortown, through youth and through young adults, how do we just put Jesus in front of their face as much as we possibly can, and the people who love God, uh, and create more moments of just, of step by step by step, a little closer to Jesus. Um, so that's what we do.
3: Awesome. Well, I am not much of a speaker, obviously. I'm usually up here singing, so I chose to sing my portion. <laughs> Woo. I'm just kidding. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I know you're all very disappointed. I It's a musical starting now. Um, No, my name is Laura Hamilton, and um, I lead the weekend system, and you might be wondering why is she going to talk to us about the weekend we are here, but I want to share with you three things that I think are just really important about us gathering together and kind of why we do what we do. The first one I already mentioned, you're not going to be shocked, is the fact that we come and we sing together. I don't know if you know this. I did a little research, but in the Bible, the word singing is mentioned over 400 times. 50 of those times we are commanded to sing. We are told to sing. So I think that singing is kind of important. Um, And if you have ever, maybe you've experienced this, you're riding in your car and all of a sudden this song comes on that you have not heard for 10 years, but you are like, you're singing every single word. Is that just me, or does that happen to you? Oh yeah, so music gets stored in our brain differently than just words. And maybe you don't always need to pull up some Elvis lyrics, or some Beatles lyrics, or some Beyonce lyrics, which I can argue the last one. That's kind of important. But I know for me, in my life, to be able to recall Songs that talk about the goodness of God. Maybe when it's kind of hard. Or that he's a firm foundation when we feel like everything around us is going crazy. Singing is just really, really important. And it's something that we get to do together. And I just want to tell you this. We are practicing for heaven. The Bible tells us that we will sing with the angels about the goodness of God. So I hate to tell you that if you don't like singing, you're not going to like heaven. Yikes, (laughs) Yikes, <laughs> i just kidding. So I love that we come together and we sing. And another reason that we come together is to encourage one another. We do that through singing and just praising God, but we also do that by encouraging one another. So we come together and I hope that when you pulled up on campus today and you walked in and you got some coffee, maybe you dropped your kids off, that you just felt like you belonged that this was a place where people cared about you, and I hope that you already feel encouraged by some of the things that we've shared and the songs that we sang together, um, because that's just really important. Um, In all sports, mostly, I think, most sports, you can call a timeout. And what that is, it's a chance for the team to come in, to huddle up, to talk about the game plan, to encourage each other, maybe motivate each other if somebody's down, you encourage them, and then you go. You go back out on the field. So I see the weekend as this really crucial time out for us, that we're going, 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 but we come together, we huddle up, we get encouraged, we sing, we talk about our game plan for going out, which is the third thing that I love about the weekend. It's not just for us to come and sit and soak and then go do nothing. That's a private club. And that's not at all what Jesus wanted us to do. He said, go and make disciples. And so the most important thing, I think, about the weekend is to be encouraged, then to go and encourage those in your spheres of influence and in your neighborhood. Wouldn't
0: you agree, Jess? Woo! Amen, sister. You preach it, I'll hand it over to you. bet I'll let you sing it, because you sing so yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly what it is. And I am representing uh, the network uh, as well. Uh, that is my slash job between some other things I'm doing around here as well. Um, but I love the network. And really the network, If for those of you who don't totally understand, uh, it is an opportunity for multiple things and people. It's all about individuals. That's where it starts, about sending and really supporting. People. Again, it's a large overlap with disciple. It's almost like full circle stuff back around here. Everything is disciple making. And in conjunction with them, as people are trained, as you hear God's voice, as the spirit is working through your life, you feel sent. We want to come alongside of you and help send you. So just like, again, John and Jada are perfect examples of this, who felt God's, they were part. They've been in ministry all their lives, been a part of Whitewater, I don't know, six, eight years or so, whatever, have evolved in student ministry and different things along the way. They felt God's calling on their lives to go. Now, I don't know that all of you are going to go the other side of the world, and that's not what God's calling us to do. We've got to be faithful to where God's calling us to go. So it's made up of individuals. But let let me remind you that it's also partnerships. The network is going to be about partnerships. And how can I go forward without mentioning two of the most strategic partners that we have had since the beginning of their existence? And they're right here on our own campus, the Life Center and the Community Pantry. Those are some strategic partnerships that we continue to be involved with each and every year in so many different ways. Right now, if you didn't see the pulse this last couple weeks, we need some volunteers for picnics in the park. Again, a partnership between the Life Center, Community Pantry and Whitewater Crossing. There are so many ways that we partner with them. Community Pantry, you may notice if you've been around for a while, the blue bags, it's that time today. The first Sunday of the month, grab a blue bag on the way out. We can help support the Community Pantry. And that's what we talk about when we we talk about in that outcome about feeding the network. That's what each one of us are doing. We're a part of it in so many different ways. But not only is it us as individuals through partner that we partner with, but it's also through schools. And again, nothing new under the sun. That is who we've been about for decades and more. We've been about supporting schools just this past week. Two of the ones I want to refer to Three Rivers and uh, Southwest. We had Taylor Baccalaureate right on this stage uh, just a week ago. Uh, Just a few days ago, we had the fifth grade graduation from Miami Whitewater right here on this stage. We partner with schools in so many different ways. We have great relationships through our next gen and through so many other ways with the schools, but we also partner with other churches. Those of you may recall, we sent out Connor and Abby Doyle last fall to Access Church in Mason Middletown Campus is actually where he's at. And so we'll continue to partner with churches as well that have the same DNA that want disciple making to go forward that we can continue to grow the network so there's hubs of different activities in different geographic areas around the tri-state area. And the list just keeps on going on and on, Last week, Danny Simara was here. A great, great example of sending and supporting. Kingdom Learners as a nonprofit. That's one of our partners in the network. And on and on I could go today, but it's also about launching. It's about launching. You may recall that and with the outcomes that we talked about, leading and launching. And so really, it's an invitation to every one of us. Continue to listen to God, to be led by his spirit. And what's he calling us to do? So today, I would love to talk with you. We'll have a team of people by the network spot out in the hallway there. We'd love to hear your dreams, what God's placing on your hearts, how we can come alongside of you, whether it's just in your work spot, in your neighborhood, whether it's something bigger, a nonprofit, whatever it is, we want to come alongside and support you as we continue to grow this missional impact throughout the tri-state area, being a part of the HOPE Network. So I look forward to talking to you more about that.
4: Yes, and I am part of stewardship. My name is Elizabeth, and I get to, to lead the stewardship um, system. As you guys have all heard, we have disciple-making, we have next gen, we have Weekend, and we have Network. And Jess mentioned it earlier that the, the way that we – actually accomplish the the goals and the objectives in these four systems is by the proper stewardship of all resources. Um, I think typically we tend to think of our resources as financial and it's not limited to finances. It includes human and um, physical resources as well. Um, So in every one of these systems they require space. So one of our physical um, resources is this building. So how can stewardship come along each of these wonderful people, and how can we help support them to make sure that they have um, everything that they need, not just finances. Um, Just said this earlier, but if you were with us last fall, um, again, this is a little peek under the hood that is sometimes uncomfortable to talk about, but uh, we uh, mentioned that we weren't going to hit budget. Um, This past year has proven to be challenging in terms of um, contributions, and um, they took a, a pretty dramatic uh, drop last year and we haven't recovered from that Um, but thankfully we have a great group of leaders and our elders and then of course in each of these systems and we've pivoted Um, and so this past year our budget was 3.3 million this upcoming year it's 2.25 for those of you that can do quick math it's about 200 or 750 thousand dollars that we've had to cut out of our general fund budget uh, which is quite substantial Um, but we wanted to make make sure that we are setting up this organization in a healthy way to go into a new fiscal year, which starts July 1st, uh, so just coming up really soon. Um, so we went through, and we we kind of did an inventory. What's the most important thing to organization right now? And we have several, and we've gone through each of those those areas. Um, and so the resources, the financial resources, the physical resources, human resources that we have will be completely poured in to what's important to Whitewater. Um, so disciple-making, next-gen, weekend, and network, We'll make we will make sure that they have the resources that they need. Um, so again stewardship is not just money Um, it is also information technology so IT falls under stewardship as well as facilities Um, and we have a great team of people that help pull that off and make it happen. Um, If you have questions for me about stewardship, because I could go on and on, but I won't bore you. Um, But if you guys have questions about stewardship, I will be in the great room, which is outside um, exit C um, right over here. Um, And I would love to meet with you guys afterwards. Um, But I want to transition into what is probably my favorite stewardship topic and that's generosity. Um, I get to see this and I've seen this for the last few years as I've led Um, stewardship here at Whitewater. And the generosity of so many of you guys is unbelievable. I've seen it in some of the darkest times of this organization. When we went through COVID, it was a time that nobody really knew what was going on. Um, Everybody pivoted. I've seen your generosity change lives. Um, For some of you, you might be like, I don't remember a story about generosity. But every time you see somebody that is baptized, you hear a story that Russ might tell about disciple making, about people, how people's lives are being changed. A lot of that is due to the fact that you guys are generous people. And I just want to thank you. If you're part of our giving community, uh, we literally could not do what we love doing without you. So thank you. Um, an invitation in for maybe some of you that do not give, um, maybe that's just not something that you've stepped into, um, a invitation or maybe a challenge is that we see a huge drop in contributions at the beginning of summer. Um, that's not abnormal for any church. It's basically the time that people go on vacation and you, if you aren't signed up for recurring giving, that's just something that doesn't come in cause you're not in the building. Um, so again, not abnormal, but if you are not part of our giving community and when like, Uh, To take that step forward, feel free to go on our website or through the app and sign up for Recurring Giving. Um, If you are more of a a check or cash person, no worries, we got you covered. Um, There are boxes at the back of the building or... uh, in the back of this room, you guys can um, drop those contributions in there. Um, but I, again, I wanted to say thank you. Um, a couple weeks ago, actually it's probably been a couple months ago now, we did a CIY um, envelope challenge where we posted envelopes all over the exits, and you guys responded in a pretty incredible way. Um, we have, I don't know, 50 ish students, 55 students, uh, plus leaders that get to go. Um, well, the kids get to go, the leaders have to go, but, um, to CIY, um, the first group, the middle schoolers leave this upcoming Friday. Um, and so thank you. Thank you guys. You helped make that possible. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Um, Kids' lives will be changed. Um, My youngest, my husband and I have five kids between the two of us, and our youngest gets to go this year, and she's super excited. Um, This past year was really hard for her. Um, She struggled a lot and I am excited that she is surrounded by other people, other kids that are like-minded, and they get an opportunity to go to CIY, which is a safe space for them. Um, That's really important. Um, She's 11, and so really important for that age group all the way through high school. And you guys help make that possible, so I'm personally thankful. Um, yes. So again, thank you for being a part of our giving community. If you have any questions about giving or generosity, you can again, go to the great room and I would be more than happy to talk to you, but I'm going to pray and then we will transition into communion. So dear Lord, thank you so much for today and for the opportunity that we have to worship with other people who believe the same things that we do, uh, that save this, serve the same God that we do, and I'm thankful for your persistent generosity and your persistent faithfulness. Um, I have seen this time and time again in my own life, where you just show up. You show up every time that there's a need or a desire, and um, I'm just thankful for your consistency. Uh, We can always rely on you. We can always trust that you're going to show up, and I'm so thankful for that. Please bless the rest of the day and this time we have together. We love you very much. Amen.
5: Good morning. My name is Jonathan Davis. I'm on the elder team. I got the privilege of leading us in our communion remembrance this morning. And In preparation for that, uh, a tr- little trick that I've learned, if you don't have a cup of, uh, of a wafer and some juice, just raise your hand and we'll have somebody get some to you. But bend the tab up and then bend it down and it's way easier to open this up. I think we're, we are so blessed, I know we're so blessed to have these leaders on our staff and talk about vision. Um, and it's not, and these represent the system leads, our entire, our entire staff are so blessed to have to lead us uh, through this mission. If you're not, if you're like me, sometimes I get mission and vision mixed up. The words, you hear them a lot together and um, they're not synonymous. Mission, uh, vision will clarify the direction of the church. um, What a future picture looks like. Mission is why we exist. Now, of course, here in our local body of Whitewater Crossing Christian Church, we exist simply put to help people find hope in Jesus. It's, it's such an honor to be on mission for that purpose. It's an honor to be on mission with Jesus, and to think about it, if you think that we're on commission with Jesus, it relates, it's, you know, that word relates to the great commission, commission, commission. Commission means to be sent. Of course, the great commission, go to all the world, make disciples in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost baptizing them, teaching them to obey all the commands that Jesus has given. What an honor to be able to do that, to be commissioned, to be sent. And that's not unlike what Jesus modeled for us. He was sent. His Father, just as his Father sent him, he sends us is what he tells us in John 20. He accomplished his mission. Thank thank you, Jesus, for accomplishing your mission. And as we remember this today, I want to remind us that he came to seek and save the lost. He came to redeem us by living a perfect life through his sacrifice on the cross and by his victorious resurrection. On the night that he was betrayed, he was sitting at the table with his disciples And he took bread. He thanked his father for it. He broke it. He said, this is my body. Take and eat, the body of Christ. And then likewise, he took the cup. He gave thanks and he said, take and drink all of you. This is the blood of the new covenant for the forgiveness of sins, the blood of Christ. King Jesus, we're so grateful for your sacrifice that opens the door for us to have forgiveness of sins, the promise of eternal life, and the privilege of being on mission with you to go to make disciples. Thank you for calling each and every one of us. It's in Jesus' name we pray,
0: amen. As we kind of wrap up today, I just want to share a thought, a word for a moment, um, kind of from my seat, understanding obviously I have a little tread on these tires. I've been around the block a couple of times. If you were here a few weeks ago, g dog or my grandfather name, I've seen a lot. Actually, have been in ministry 40-some years, uh, been around the church since about uh, five years old, six-year-old, my mom started taking me back in the day. And, you know, many times what I find myself doing is I fall into a trap, and I think it's an easy trap that perhaps all of us can fall into here or there if we aren't careful. And it's that thinking or the trap of when we gather together what we call the church, even though we know it's us, when we come to this gathering, we start looking for certain things. We start looking. Maybe it's that music and that style or that song that we'd love to hear. Maybe it's the teacher that day, and maybe it isn't quite the one we connect very well with, or, or maybe it just seems like, oh, there's not much energy or passion in the room. And, and you know, as I do, the list goes on and on. We all have different things we come looking for. I'd love for us just to think and rethink about that for a moment today just last month on this very stage for those of you who were in the room and I was talking about several people who were experienced that night of worship with Cody Carnes and company other worship leaders and what happened that night was amazing people didn't come in looking for this or that they came in expecting God to show up because that's what he does when his people expect him. And he did some amazing things in people's lives that night because instead of looking for something, they came expecting God to show up. I know we just mentioned about CIY, Christ in Youth Conferences. I had the experience uh, as a student and youth pastor to have that summer conference experience for about 20-some years. I went to conferences in Michigan and in California, several places in between. The span of that time, there were a lot of different speakers, worship leaders. Even the organization itself went through change. And let me tell you, it is one of the greatest Experiences, life-changing experiences that I found working with young people. That and mission trips were the top of my list. And it's amazing that I know these kids who will leave this week, those middle schoolers and then high schoolers in a couple weeks, will have that same life-changing experience. Even though it has been different, different, different places, different people, because you see what happens When a 1,000 people get together expecting God to show up, that's what he does. Imagine that. He is faithful. He wants to show up today, but we've got to expect him, and we've got to allow him to do that. We've got to put the other stuff, what we're looking for, out of our minds and put him and his spirit in this room and take supreme authority over every one of us. And not only in this room today, my friends, but every single day and every single one of us, because each of us have that same power that raised Jesus from the dead. His Holy Spirit is living in us. And when we expect God to do things, he's going to do them in our lives. When we have the faith, he is going to be proved to us that he is faithful in every situation. It's amazing, thank you, because our God is faithful. You know, we look back and we see a God in the Old Testament who showed up. And today we have that same God, the same God that parted the Red Sea and the Israelites walked across on dry land. The same God that rescued those Hebrew boys out of the fiery furnace. It's the same God we serve today. The same God that helped that young shepherd boy become courageous and stand against a giant. The same God that chose a lowly teenage girl to usher in the savior of the world is the same God that we serve today. Will you, will I expect him and allow him to show up in our lives and be the very God that we need him to be in the situations that we go through every day? I encourage you to expect God to show up in your own life, no matter what you're going through today, in the lives of your neighbors, the people you work with, the people that you're around. He is the same God, and he'll do amazing things when we allow him to in our lives. Would you stand with me and let's sing about him?
6: Same God, you answered prayers back then, you'll answer answer now. You are the same God, you are the same God.
0: Holy Spirit, come and fill us again. That's our prayer. You can have a seat for just a moment. I'd like to uh, introduce Kurt and have him come up here. You know, speaking of that song and just hearing it, the elders had an opportunity I just want you to know about yesterday to go and pray pray over and anoint uh, a young dad who was in a tragic accident this past week and uh, was in ICU. And it's just a, a beautiful thing. To be able to go, to believe, to have the faith, to know that God answers prayers. Maybe not always in the way we expect or we anticipate, but that He is the same God, all powerful and knowing and his will is best, but I appreciate the elders so much for leaning into opportunities like that. They love to do that, and it's just great seeing their heart as they did that yesterday and took the time to coordinate all the stuff to make it all happen. And so, Kurt, I know you have a few words for us today, so I'll just turn it over to you.
7: Thank you, Jess. First off, thank you for the ongoing prayers and support. They are empowering. The duties of the elders at Whitewater can be summarized by the four P's. Policy, protection, prayer, and pastoring. We provide oversight for mission and vision. We protect boundaries that have been established for the teaching, the finances, the operations of Whitewater that are led by our gifted staff change in leadership is inevitable but our mission and vision don't change as you've heard our mission all of us our mission is to provide people with hope in jesus our strategy is not changing our strategy is to become a disciple making movement disciples who make disciples who make disciples whitewater is built on jesus christ we rely on his strength because it's his church we are all just managers or stewards of what jesus has in store for us here at whitewater so we will keep praying we will keep listening We will keep preparing because we're in a season of preparation right now. We will keep you informed as we begin our search process. And in the meantime, I just ask that if you have questions or if we can serve you through prayer or pastoring, please let us know. Thank
0: you. So again, as we end today, just a couple minutes earlier, whatever we want to give you the opportunity as you're leaving today uh, to follow the yellow brick. Oh, I don't think yellow is a color. No, it's blue and orange. Different color tapes on the things to the different areas. If you'd like, they're right around the building. Disciple making is back here. Stewardship is here. Networks right in the center of things. Uh, if you are interested in the weekend or worship, uh, it'll be right up here on stage. You can just.